Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. Pastor James is fired up and ready to preach. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming out this morning and also joining us online. Before we jump into our message, just want to pray for a few people. I want to pray for Rick and Marla Smith, whose son passed away. Joy Crafts family for Joy passing away, and Janice Gallagher's family, and also Curtis Bingham passed away recently. I'm doing his funeral tomorrow. So can we can we lift these people up before the Lord? We've got part of our body that are that are grieving. The Bible says when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And so let's let's grieve with them. Let's intercede for them. God, we pray for these families, God, that have this experienced this loss. And Lord, we know that our loss is heaven's gain. We know that each one of these people are with Jesus. But Lord, I just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, you are called the comforter and the counselor. And I pray you would come alongside those that are grieving and comfort and counsel them, God. And I just pray you'd give just the peace that passes understanding. We can't understand it. We can't explain it, but it comes from you. And Lord, I just pray that we as their family, church family, God, we stand with them and just lift their arms during this, this time of weariness and sorrow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're continuing our series on 356, so let's recite it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Pretty good. All right, I didn't even have to cheat and look once myself. So when I lived and worked in North Dakota, we found that GPS was notoriously unreliable. There were so many well sites and new construction taking place that these GPS apps couldn't keep up. I mean, new things were popping up and buildings and well sites, and it was crazy. And the GPS apps were just terrible. You couldn't follow them, and so you had to follow landmarks. But my uh, warehouse manager for our branch was out making a delivery one day, and he's out in the middle of nowhere, and the road he's on, you know, and he's got GPS going the whole time, and the road he's on comes to an end. There is no more road. He can't see anything for miles. He's out in the middle of nowhere, and GPS tells him, walk from here. No joke. He's like, walk where from here? And one time I was fishing at a lake, and I don't like COVID fishing, you know, six feet apart. I hate that, you know, crowded fishing. And so where where normal people would go fishing, I went elsewhere because I'm not normal. And so I was hiking around. It was the first time at this lake, and I was in the high weeds and the cattails and just all sorts of uh, uh, low uh, and high brush and meandered in and out and back and forth and all around this lake. Finally found a place to fish and caught about a half dozen catfish. Not bad. But it was starting to get dark. So I thought, you know what? I better make my way back to my truck. GPS, here it comes. My GPS was faltering. It didn't know where I was and neither did I. The cell signal was spotty and my phone was dying. My battery was dying. And so it's starting to get darker and darker. I have no idea where I am, no idea where my truck is. So I thought I'd give Jolene that one last call. (laughs) So I called Jolene. She's back here in Bakersfield and said, babe, pray for me. This may be the end. (laughs) 
I have no idea where I am, and it's getting dark, and I can't find my way out. They'll, they might find me in the spring thaw, which is too bad because it was spring in already. So. And so after just great nervousness and trying to retrace my steps, I finally found my truck in the dark. And that was the last time I ever went fishing there again. You know, when it comes to life, our internal GPS is unreliable at best. We need God's GPS system, and that's what it stands for, God's positioning system. We all face many decisions and choices, and we need to know God's will for our lives. And so we have to include the Lord in our decision-making and planning, or it is arrogance on our part. And before the path becomes clear, there are three key steps. We want the Lord to direct our steps. And I know we all do in our heart of hearts. We do want God's will. We do want him to reveal his way. We do want to walk in the right path. But before we can do that, before that promise that he'll, he'll make our path straight, before that can happen, there's three steps we must take. You know, many of the promises of God are conditional upon our action too. God will do this, but we have a responsibility as well. And so if we want the Lord to direct our paths, if we want our paths to be made straight, there are three things that we must understand. And so let's review like your favorite TV show does previously on Pastor James' sermon on Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. <laughs> and so as we have studied, the first step is to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Because trust in the Lord instills confidence it inspires hope. Sometimes it requires a waiting, trusting in the Lord while you wait. We know that trusting in the Lord removes shame. And trust in the Lord overcomes fear. Boy, those are two terrible things. We want to be free of shame and fear. And trusting in the Lord will do this if we truly trust him. And trust in the Lord brings blessing, but it requires surrender. We, under, we studied how the word trust involves surrender, a soldier surrendering to a superior. And that's what it's like with us in the Lord. We've got to let go of some things. We have to surrender our will, our plans, our demands. Trust in the Lord's unfailing love. No matter what, God loves us. And trust that the Lord answers prayers and he will bring peace. So that's the first step. If you want the Lord to direct your paths, you got to trust in him. That's step number one. Step number two is lean not on your own understanding. We cannot support ourselves with our own understanding. We are not to rely on it either, our own intellect, our own intelligence, because you won't find rest. In fact, you'll find just the opposite. You'll find unrest in your mind if you try to figure it out. And I shared last week that leaning on our own understanding leans to overthinking things. Boy, have I heard a lot of feedback on that. I'm just glad I'm not alone. I'm not the only person that overthinks things. And if it takes a long time for us to make a decision, and then when we finally do, when, when we're done overthinking everything and considering every scenario, and then we do something, guess what happens next? Now comes second guessing. Because overthinking leads to second guessing. You've overthought it. You've considered every scenario. You finally make a decision. You're like, oh, I sure hope that was the right one. You're back to overthinking again. And so we've got to realize that God alone understands everything perfectly. 
And God's understanding is always greater than our own. And so to find direction in our lives and to come to know the will of God, we must trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. But there is a third step before he'll direct our steps. And that is, in all your ways, acknowledge him, which is the title of my message this morning. Now, as you know, I love to do word studies. And it's important when we're studying God's word that we are able to go to these word studies and learn the word in the original language. The Old Testament is written primarily in Hebrew and Chaldee, and the New Testament, Koine Greek. And so let's break down these words. I love doing word studies, as you know, because I do them all the time. Let's start with the word ways. I mean, you know, when those of you who speak more than one language, sometimes the translation is not exactly the same when it goes back and forth. That's why it's important to go to the Hebrew, the original word. And so let me define that for you. Ways, Derek is the Hebrew word, which is my brother-in-law, means path, road, highway, distance, journey, manner, conduct, condition, and destiny, according to Vine's Expository Dictionary. So it's a prolific definition The word is used for a literal path or a road. Now, isn't it interesting why, you know, I learned when I lived in Northern California, they can tell that I'm from Southern Cal because of how I mentioned the freeways. So I call it the 101, the 5, the 99. In Northern Cal, they leave out the. They just say 5 freeway, 99 highway. I think they're wrong. But... uh, (laughs) We put in the the. Now, here's another thing that drives me crazy. We call it the 101 freeway. Do you realize one is a number, but O is a letter? If we're going to be grammatically correct, and I know you want to be, it should be the 101 freeway, right? All right, let's start calling it that from now on. People will think we're smart or not. So the word derrick is not an oil derrick. It is used for a literal path, like the 101 freeway. That's much harder to say. (laughs) However, it is also used figuratively. In fact, most often, it's not a literal road, but it symbolizes something else. The complete word study dictionary says the word may refer to a physical path or a road or to a journey along a road. However, This word is most often used metaphorically to refer to the pathways of one's life, suggesting the pattern of life. And so that's really what it means is figuratively, symbolically. The road is our life. It is our life journey. It is the way in which we walk. It's how we live. It's how we think. And so when it says in all your ways in Proverbs 3, 6, it's not speaking of a literal road or highway. It is referring, in this case, to the figurative definition. It consists of the course of life, the mode of how we act, and our moral character. So our road represents just what we believe and hold dear. And so let's look at other scriptures where this same word is used as manner, conduct, character, and destiny. Again, part of interpreting a word, doing a word study, 
is you define it in the original language, but then you also compare it to other places in the Bible where the same word is used. And based on that context, we get a deeper meaning. Everybody good with me so far? I saw eyes just glazing over. So here's a scripture. Deuteronomy 8, 6, and 7. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways. That's the same Hebrew word, Derek. And revering him, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. This is right before Israel's going to go in and possess the promised land. And God says, before you go in, observe the commands of the Lord. Walk in his ways. This was so important. And I want you to know, just like he was telling the Israelites, I'm bringing you into a good land. I want you to believe that God is bringing you into a good place. He's bringing you into a good land. The promises of God are coming true in your life. It's up to us to believe that and hold on to that. But if you want those promises, if you want those blessings, you got to follow God. you got to walk in His ways. You can't take a shortcut. I don't know about you, but every time I take a shortcut, it takes twice as long to get there. And the same is true in our, in our walk with God. Sometimes we walk away or walk too far ahead or too far behind. We need to understand, number one, first point today, here's what we learned from this passage. To find our way in life, we must walk in God's ways. You want God's will for your life? Walk in his ways. Do you want to see the blessings of the Lord manifest in your heart and life? Then follow him. We will never reach our destiny if we take our own path. You know, so much about being a Christian is learning to trust God and learning to distrust ourselves. It's learning to depend upon God and not depend so much on our own intellect and understanding. Because if we rely on our own understanding, we may get lost in our journey. We may think we know where we're going, but our perspective is so limited. The Bible warns us about choosing our own way. Look at Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way, same Hebrew word, Derek. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Well, isn't that pleasant thought on Sunday morning? There is a way that seems right to us. But if we stay on that road, it'll lead to death. What seems right to us and our own thinking may lead to our harm. Remember, Jesus said there's a narrow road that leads to life. But he also said there's a wide highway that leads to destruction. Few people find the narrow road. Everybody's found the wide road. That's the easy one. Lots of people on it. You don't have to worry about anything, but the narrow road is the one that few find. Jesus also said that we, he is the shepherd and we are his sheep and we listen to his voice. Now, as you know, we need to make sure we're on the right road. How many know the shortest way is not always the best way? Again, let's, let's pick on GPS, okay? It's GPS day. Every time I go to visit my wonderful twin grandchildren in Ojai, 
where we used to pastor for 17 years. GPS tells us every time. Now you, you think, why are, don't you know the way, Pastor James? <laughs> yeah, I know the way, but I want GPS on anyway, okay? Because what I want to know if is there any accidents up ahead. I also want to know how long is it before I get there. When you remember asking your parents, how many more minutes? How long till we get there? Well, that's me. I'm still doing that. And every time I set the GPS, even tried it this morning, it says the 33 is the shortest way to Ojai. It always does this. Now, with the winding and curvy road of the 33, it will take you longer because you'll be pouring, pulling over and barfing outside the car. I don't, anybody get car sickness with me? Anybody? Motion sickness? Some are just doing this. There was, there was a time I was walking around and praying in my office, and I started getting nauseous. I was like, wow, this is bad. If I'm walking around praying and I get car sick, what, what hope is there? The shortest and fastest routes of life may not be the best way to go. Only God knows the best way, because you know what? We're going we're gonna to study this. He will make our paths what? Straight. But too often, we're on the windy road. We're taking the curves. We're, we're going through that crazy route. We think it's shorter. It's more scenic. It's more horrible. God knows the best way. We don't. Now, we've established this already, but it bears repeating. Number two, our ways are not God's ways. We studied before that his thoughts are not our thoughts, but this is the same Hebrew word, Derek. His ways are not our ways. Look at Isaiah 55, 8. We see this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God's ways are so much different than ours. Now, there's a couple GPS programs where you know, if there is an accident, it will reroute you. Have you ever been in your car and your GPS is saying, recalculating, recalculating. Shut up, I understand. <laughs> and sometimes we disobey our GPS. I shared this before. When we first got to the church in 2009, we were at Walmart in the Northwest, and we wanted to go to Jack in the Box. So I put on my GPS, where's Jack in the Box? So it took us west on Rosedale Highway, and then it had us turn and go back behind Home Depot and all the way through and around and to come back on Rosedale Highway, and there was Jack in the Box right where we had been. I mean, seriously, it was right behind us. If it had just turned around, there's Jack in the Box. But instead, GPS drove me all around the block. God's ways are different. His ways are so much higher that we can't always comprehend, and it's frustrating. God, are you sure I'm supposed to go this way? God, are you sure? Sometimes the path he leads us on is difficult. Now, he will make our path straight, but there are times where this, the, the route will be difficult. And we need to understand that along with, the, with him leading, 
there are times when we have to go uphill. And that's where we get discouraged. We begin to question God's leading, if he knows what he's doing. The destination we know is glorious, it's heaven. But the journey can be challenging, to say the least. This is why the Bible gives us hope. I, I look forward to heaven. I look forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's going to be glorious. But in the meantime, we've all got a journey. And sometimes that journey is not glorious. It's painful. Now look at Isaiah 30, verse 20. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Is that awesome? But did you, did you read, did you understand the whole context? It says here, that the Lord's way will involve some adversity and some affliction. But these hard roads that we travel are for a reason. God will teach us if we're willing to learn. He will show us the way. And it's not always the shortest way or the fastest way. But it's the right way. It's God's way. And so we have to see this, that there will be challenges on the road. Number three, the Lord's discipline helps us walk in his ways. Do you realize sometimes the adversity in your life is to get you back on the right path? It's like God has surrounded our way like thorns. Because when we hit those thorns, we pull away from them and get back in the right path. And so the, the, the food of affliction and the waters of adversity, or did I get those backwards? Yes, I did. The bread of adversity and the water of affliction. We eat and drink those along our journey. And the reason is, is because it's the Lord's discipline. God disciplines those he loves. That's you and me. And his discipline is for a reason. It's not to harm us, but to give us a hope in a future. And the only way we're going to realize that hope on the future is to be on the right path. And the important thing is that you take your path, not someone else's. So too often we start looking at someone else's road and we think, man, what an easy road they've got. It's all downhill. There's no problems. You don't know their life. Don't ever wish to have someone else's life. It's bad enough for our own, right? We have no clue what the journey that other people have taken. Don't envy someone else's path because God has chosen one for you. And it's all about this journey with the Lord, hand in hand. He will lead us. He will guide us. Because I'm here to tell you, God's been there before. The Lord's discipline keeps us going. But we will hear that still, small voice behind us that says, this is the way. Walk in it. Yeah, on my GPS, I have it as an English lady. I just think that's the coolest accent in the whole world, an English accent, a lady's English accent. And so, 
you know, everything's got that lilt to it, and it's just, it just makes the journey easier when I hear her accent. Well, God has an accent as well. It's a still, small voice. It's rarely a loud shout. And it takes the discipline, it takes the adversity, it takes the hardship to help us listen. Because he is always speaking. It's just we're not listening. We can't hear it. We have to hear his voice, and then we must do what he says. We must listen and obey. Look at this in Wearsby Bible Commentary. It says, God keeps his promises when we obey his precepts. Because our obedience prepares us to receive and enjoy what he has planned for us. Do you hear that? Our obedience prepares us. The reason some of us haven't received the blessings is we're not ready yet. We're not prepared. A blessing too soon can be a curse if we're not ready for it. He goes on to say, he shall direct your paths is the promise. But the fulfillment of that promise is predicated on our obedience to the Lord. We must trust him with all our heart and obey him in all our ways. Now that is awesome. We must trust him with all our heart and obey him in all our ways. Trust and obey as the old hymn song goes. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That is our life. That is our journey. Number four, because obedience to God keeps us on the right path. Hardship, adversity nudges us back where we need to belong. The discipline of the Lord keeps us on the path, but it's also our obedience. How do we respond to the Lord's discipline? Do we, do we accept it? Do we thank him for it? Oh, Lord, thank you for that swat. I appreciate that, that spanking. You know, when we were parents, we told them, this is going to hurt you more than it hurts us. That's baloney. But it sure sounded good. I grew up with that. But God always disciplines us for our good. Always. Whatever discipline. And, and again, God loves those as children. He disciplines those he loves. And so maybe you're getting some loving going on in your life right now from the Lord. But the discipline helps us obey. And obedience is what keeps us in the center of that path. Obedience is the key to walking in God's way. We have not been by here before, but God has. We have not walked through our whole lives, but guess what? God has. He's already walked through your whole life. He knows everything that's going to happen. I would much rather trust someone who's been here before than a rookie who has no idea where they are going. That's me. You see, we're clueless. We, everything we're doing is a guessing game because we've not been here. So who are you going to trust? Someone who doesn't know the way or the one who does? And we don't have to understand it. Remember, that's leaning on our own understanding. We don't have to understand. I mean, you know, you can obey without understanding it entirely. You can still obey. And you may not understand it until heaven. But that's the danger is, is falling back on our own understanding instead of acknowledging him in all our ways. 
Next week, I'm going to finish this and talk about what it means to acknowledge the Lord. Now we've learned what the way means, Derek. Now we're going to learn what it means to understand what acknowledge means. Would you bow your heads with me today? If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that he loves you. And he wants to help you in your life. He wants to give you guidance. He wants to show you how to live. But you can't follow your way. you got to follow God's way. And, the, and God's way is through his son, Jesus Christ. And the only way we'll know the path God has for us is to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And so if you're ready to give up your way, your way of doing things, your path, and you're ready to walk on the road with God, or maybe you've walked with the Lord, but you know you've walked away. You've gotten off the path, but you're ready to come back. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? You want to accept Christ? Amen. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord? You know you have gotten off the path. I'm going to lead in a prayer, and those that raise their hand, I'd invite you to repeat after me. And would the rest of us join in as we pray? Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my life to have your life in me. Lead me, I pray, down the right path that ends in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, Take the card in front of you and just fill it out and drop it in the offering box or you can come forward for people here to pray for you because we, we just want to follow up with you in your new life, your new journey, your new path. Isn't that awesome, folks? People prayed today for a new journey, a new life. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand. But I also want to encourage the rest of you here today to find our way in life, we must walk in God's ways. And I'm telling you, we can't walk in the world's ways either. And our ways are not God's ways. That's why we trust him. Because the Lord's discipline will help us walk in those ways. And obedience to God will keep us on the right path. I'm going to ask at this time the elders to come forward and the board members. If you need prayer today... Folks are here to pray with you, to stand with you, to agree with you. God's doing miracles in our prayer time. The altars are always open. If you want to come and kneel at the altar by yourself, you can always have a, a time with God. But I would ask that we do our best to keep our conversation to the foyer because some will be staying here to remain in worship and prayers going on. This is a, this is a holy time. This is a very special time where we cry out to God for healing, for miracles, for answers to prayer. Would you stand with me? And would you receive this blessing? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you. You're free to go.
You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.